Um, and right before I read the text, I want to, it's not really necessary, but I apologize to the worship team that it was last minute for you. Ben and I talked, and I will take the responsibility for this. Uh, I think he was waiting for me to communicate one more time, but I thought that we were going to, I thought I'd shared we're going to do it this morning. And believe me, if one of us messed up, it was me because I'm the guy that's 57. And did I say that? Did I forget that? So it was probably me. But the reason is we just didn't want word to get out before the worship team knew. So know that that was why he told you at last minute he would have sure done it before uh, that. So please don't leave Ben on the hook for that. Stand with me. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. I believe I have a timely word for you this morning. Are you ready to receive it? You ready for the word of God? We've completed our series on the American gospel. And the scripture is uh, there for doctrine, but it's also for exhortation and encouragement. And that's, I hope this is just B12 shot for you today. I hope this is the answer to your question. There's some, some of your questions you've been asking God. I hope this is the answer to some of your prayers. I hope that this is the missing piece to some of your puzzle. And you, it'll just hit you. You said, my Lord, that's all it's been. It's not necessarily rebellion. It's that two people can't lead the same dance. Matthew 6, verse 25. If you're there, say amen. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, which means... Don't worry. Be an- don't be anxious about it. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, nor for your body, what you're going to put on. Is not life more than meat and body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in your barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Have you ever seen a worried bird? Walking up and down the deck, don't know what we're going to do. Where's the next meal going to come from? Never seen one. Just thought I'd throw that out there to you. 27. Which of you, by worrying about it, can add one inch to your stature? And why are you worried about like where you live, what you're going to wear, your clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, here's your verse. If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven. That's what my yard looks like, like it was thrown into the oven. Shall he not much more clothe you? And here it is. It's a matter of faith. O ye of little faith. Therefore, don't be anxious anymore about what you're going to drink, where you, how you're going to be clothed, where you're going to live, where you're going to work, how's it going to pan out, what's the next step. For All these things do the Gentiles seek, which means people that don't know God are concerned about these things. They emphasize these things. They prioritize these things. And they fret over these things. Don't be like them. For your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is found in Christ. And all, say that with me, all these things shall be added to you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto every day is enough evil. You don't have to go trying to figure out what it will be. One more verse while you're standing. I'm going to read this to you. Ecclesiastes 3, 4. There is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. I want to speak to you this morning by the grace of God on the believer's dance with change. Let's pray together. If you pray for me. I would greatly appreciate it this morning. Father, I humble myself before you uh, as your servant. Uh, Lord, ask that you would be merciful to me today and that you would grace me with your anointing. I don't want to inspire. I don't want to impress. I want the word of God to flow freely and change us. Sanctify us through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Lord, there is no wisdom outside of the pages of your word. So remove from anything that my flesh might say that would hinder, dilute, or pollute the words of God. But let it be lined with scripture, continuity and context, that it might uh, flow into the truest part of who we are. And may we who would say, well, I don't know how to dance. May we later say, with the Lord, I dance so freely and so fluidly. 
As soon as I let him lead, it started to work. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. If you're taking notes, number one, first of all, who's a good dancer? Before Jesus, you know, before Jesus, okay. Who, <laughs> the dancing today ain't dancing, this is like X-rated. Uh, who thought they could dance? Who's married to somebody that thought they could dance, but when they danced, you went and sat down because you were, yeah, yeah. I remember the club days and that person would get up and they were just wide open and no one had the courage to tell them, you know, they looked like Elaine on uh, Seinfeld. Uh, I see believers all of the time dancing out of step with God. You can be holy and have no spiritual rhythm. No capacity to let the Lord say left, left, right, right. You can be committed. You can be faithful and still struggle with the simplicity of just following his voice, following his lead in the scripture. Number one, if you're taking notes, for those that don't know how to dance and for those that do, this is how you Judge yourself. Am I dancing correctly? Have I deceived myself? Am I like the one that thinks he's doing right and, and not? Or if you said, I don't know how to do this, I'm going to tell you how. You need to know and believe these things and make the, make the necessary adjustments. Number one, everything changes. You just decide, you just not just decide, you acknowledge. Everything changes. It's amazing to me. People will come into my office, and I'm not thinking of any of you. Of course, they don't go here anymore. Uh, they'll come in my office and say, you know, we've been, how long have y'all been married? 26 years. And the man will go, she's changed. But, uh, yeah, brought four children into the world. Been married to you 26 years, I assume. She has. My parents have changed. My kids those angels you dedicated to the Lord in that sequin gown. Now you're like, you make your mama so crazy. <laughs> the greatest common denominator in every life is changed. No life remains the same. From the birth, every person and every living thing, you can watch the change. Every moment of every day, everything in this world changes. It's either being born or it's dying. Life, comes in, life change comes in many forms, in many different degrees, in many different durations of time. Therefore, it is critical to filter all change through an eternal perspective. An eternal perspective means that I cannot lose anything eternal. This too shall come to pass. You ought to put that on your refrigerator. What are you talking about? That. That happiness. That sorrow, that gain, that loss, that relationship, that void. Life is constant change. All right, this, this is, I can tell I'm on kind of shaky ground. People are like very wary. How many of y'all been married longer than two weeks? How many of y'all been married longer than 10 years? Okay. Haven't there been just days you look across from the breakfast table and you just go, I, I would just die for you right now. But it was, you're the greatest gift God's ever given me. And you just, just thick, syrupy, gooey love. And then there's other mornings you break open your blueberry muffin and you look across the table and you go, did I ever love them? Did I ever <laughs> What? Your feelings change. Your body change. Oh, I know y'all are in your 20s and you, you're fine and you think you're always going to stay fine and stuff. Life wins, baby. <laughs> Father Time has never, not only never lost a battle, he's never lost a round. And gravity is a powerful 
force. Christians struggle. And I've made you laugh because you know a punch is coming. Christians struggle because they have taken it upon themselves to keep life as they want it. And that will kill you. It will cause hypertension. It'll make you crazy in your relationships. It will cause angst between you and the Lord. Everything changes. Change comes gradually. It can come instantly, expectantly, or unexpected. It can come as an open door or closed one. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but listen to me. Whether the door is opening or closing, it's the same hand. Oh, when I see a closed door, I say, that's the hand of God. When I see an open door, I go, that's the hand of God. And wise is the person that is not consumed with the direction that the door is swinging, but it's thrilled by the hand that decides which way it goes. Change can come as a step forward or backward, as something easy or difficult. It can be expected or unexpected, desired or despised, avoided or unavoidable. It can increase you or diminish you. It can fill you with peace and anxiety. It can be risky or secure. You can see the change in the seasons. So it is in your life. I hope you enjoyed the two weeks of spring that we had. And those of you that prayed for it to stop raining, pray the other way. I mean, you, you watch it. You watch the flowers bloom and then the sun comes up and my grass what, three, four weeks ago, was this dark green, lush, tropical Eden. It looks like Beirut now. It's just like there's no, no water on it. But seasons tell you fall, winter, spring, summer. And no matter how you try to hold on to spring, summer's coming, baby. We gripe about every season. It's just the cold. It's the dampness. It's, it's a damp cold. I can't walk up the stairs. I can't, my knee, that knee. The moisture, can you feel, come touch this. And they rub, the, you, you feel the moisture in it. Kelly always tells me, no. Everything I ask her, feel that. Can you feel that? No, no. Is there a tumor right here? Can you feel that bump? No. So it's the cold. Oh, it's the cold. Oh, God. I thought I was, I, I, I don't know how they do it in the north. I can't stand it. I can't. So then spring comes. The cold goes away. For the love of God, the pollen. Can you believe? <laughs> Whoo! This is the worst it's ever been. I've been here all my life. I've lived here all my Have you ever seen it like this? It's coming down in sheets like towels. I have a friend two cities over. She died because of the pollen. Okay, then the pollen stops. And then summer's here. This is the hottest one. I think this is the hottest summer we've ever had. It's every year. We do this every year. And then finally the summer starts to fall away, uh, go away. And the, oh, I love fall. And then all the leaves fall off. Don't the trees look bare? <laughs> it just, I, just, I just long for what we long for. Listen, the problem is the issue of control. We have life because it's a gift. We don't enjoy life because we're dancing. We're stepping all over God's feet. Wise is the person that can live in the moment that they have. When Ben came and told me two things. God, I'm going to miss him. And God, what do, you have, what do you have for us? I was like, Ben, I just bless you, man. I just love you. I, 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 I want all of God's best for you. Yes, because I've learned. And I told him this. I said, when Leanne stepped down, I was like, what what, am I, what, what, what are we going to do? But I've learned that if I just get off the Lord's toes and I say, you lead, Father, you show. Because that, that surprise had I clutch. See, now we had Leanne and Brian and their family and Ben and Rachel and their family. Everything changes. But it's your reaction to change that determines the quality of your life. God gives us life. We have eternal life. But if we're always living in yesterday, or if we're always living in tomorrow, and we have no joy in today, then life is passing us by. Beloved, now faith is 
Now is the day of salvation. We need to sense and celebrate the Lord today. And in every day, there's small changes. We're in perpetual change. The only thing in our lives that doesn't change is that everything changes. John F. Kennedy once said, change is the law of life. And those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. Number two, as we go a little deeper, change is ordained and used by God. If you're taking notes, change is ordained and used by God. Change stretches you. There's no exercise in the world that hurts worse than stretching. I squat 450. I'll be like, I stretched this morning. <laughs> Stretching, yoga, Pilates, all that. Oh, those NFL guys don't know anything about OTAs and double workouts and 100 degree. No, no, stretch. Let that woman right there get you about 15 minutes and stretch. And y'all that here for comedy night, I told you a story. It's the truth. The most pain I've ever felt in my life was my one and only Pilates class. I have never hurt, hurt so bad. I mean, I've had major pain in my life. So she would, you know, get up and say, okay, Lotus, half Lotus, whatever. And I, I'm not even going to try in a suit. You know, I had my little spandex on then. I could do it, but my, <laughs> my bicycle shorts. But I had a long shirt to cover it, a Pentecostal shirt to cover it. So, so I'm down there and you're, okay, on one knee, okay, one knee with this leg all the way out, touch your nose to your hand. And I'm thinking, and I'm just going to give you cliff notes. If you had a $10 million check, I, I, I can't, I, it's not an issue of will. There's no bend in there. And so I'm just going, and you know, can't do it. And then she says this beautiful word. She goes, option. Touch your elbow. I'm like, oh, yeah. So, so, so option. Every little new thing she did, but they're getting progressively harder. See, they don't tell you it's going to get harder. Hey, good morning, class, so-and-so. Get on both knees. I'm like, hey, but it, stretching got harder and got harder. And then there's plank, plank things and on your belly, and you lift your head up and your feet up. And I'm just shaking I mean, my whole body. And I remember one time I'm doing some position and the sweat is just falling off my nose. We're about 40 minutes in. I'm going to finish. Beth and Melissa and everybody over here, they're laughing at me the whole time. I hate them. I hate them both. I'm, I can't say anything. I'm the only guy in there. I'm next to the last row and they just keep falling over laughing at me. I'm like, stop it. And I'm, I'm trying. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to do the thing. So I can finish and get out. I knew in the middle, I said, I will never read my lips. This is the one and only Pilates show. So we got towards the end and we're doing this triple contortion. Now, finally bring your right arm over to your left T-honey cheek, you know, and I'm like, and I just screamed. I said, option. And all the girls turn around and say, can, can, can we get one of them options here? And everyone just starts dying laughing. That's how we are spiritually. When the Lord asks us to bend a certain way, ow, 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 and that's the problem. It shows that we have lost the limberness of submission. And because we don't practice submission, when he asks the least submission, it's so painful to us. Had I stretched all along, then I would not be as inflexible today. Thankfully, see, now the older you get, I can't just decide today to be flexible. Now I can get better, but we petrify as we get older. Joints, you know, bones grow together and things like that. Spiritually speaking, you can change in a moment through submission. God wants to stretch us. He uses change to test us. To test our commitment, our resolve, our trust, our character, and our submission. He uses change to discipline us and refine us. To keep us in his will. 
Change is how God recalculates our GPS. You miss the exit, recalculating. Go back this way. Change is the way, sometimes he gives us notice in advance, like it'll say at the next exit, exit 188, take a right here, go this way. Change is how he keeps us in his will. I remember like yesterday, and I'll use two not so serious examples. I was driving down Bowman Road to the church from Riverdale. And out loud, I just spoke. My spirit knew before my mind. I never even thought it. I just said, we're moving. My spirit just knew we're moving. And it was just a few months later that we moved with our little girls, our brand new little girls, to Brookfield. And we were there for, what, Kelly, two and a half years? About two. And and I was at, Brookfield was just three minutes from here. And I went home about three to five times a day to see my little girls. I could be to the house. If I caught the green light at Chick-fil-A, I could be there three, three minutes. And it was perfect. I loved everything about it. I loved the proximity to the church. And then all of a sudden, in my heart, I just started thinking, you're going to move to the country. We're going to live in the country. I've never lived in the country. Had my friend Cowboy told me, he said, you ought to look up down here. And I drove this house. I said, man, it's so far out. And I said, I never live out here. And it's kind of a, a stank about a mile back passing between those two farms. That, that was real. That was, that's, y'all need to spray some Glade out here. This is, it was, it was, and I just wasn't interested. But it would not go away. The thought would not go away. And I began, some of you don't know this, but I would take, Three or four days a week, and I would just go one exit. I knew it was north, and I would go and exit up, and I would just drive, and I would drive down every street and every cul-de-sac. And I said, just show me. Just show me. All I want is to be in your will. All I want is to be in your will. And it was the Lord's plan, and he relocated us, and we're now, it's 25 minutes from our door to, to, to this house. And my kids are growing up on this beautiful farm It was above what I could ask or think, but had you asked me, nothing is more important than being three minutes away. And I would have clutched that. And I would have missed watching my wife and her mama come alive. Uh, uh, Grandma grew up on a farm. And she's like reliving her childhood. And she takes care of all the animals and the horses and Kelly. And I'm telling you just simple stuff and letting you know that that's how he keeps us in his will. Because we would choose the familiar. We would choose the safe. We would hold on to the one thing that we enjoy and need. Not thinking, not thinking that God knows the missing variables and what is best for us. That's why we struggle when he takes us backwards. That's why we struggle when he takes us from abundance to lack. Or from comfort to discomfort. How can that be God's will? Because where we were would produce less glory for the Lord than where he wants to take us. God always does for our eternal best, not our temporal. He he uses change to protect us, to fulfill his promises to us. Every God-ordained change draws us closer to Christ and our heavenly reward God never requires us to cause change, to anticipate change, desire or even like change. But our faith and trust in him, which dictates how we respond to it, he asks for our submission to the change. In a word, everything changes. And every change changes us. Write that down. Every change. God ordained. Now, I'm not talking about every evil thing that happens to you. I'm talking about the Lord's leading. That's the context of this message. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed in the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. Number three, change is necessary. There is no unnecessary change in His will. I'm not saying that every change was his will. I'm saying in his will, every change is necessary to bring the highest yield of fruit for your lives. 
changes the visible evidence of the active hand of God. It is necessary to keep us from, from getting comfortable and keeping us closer to cause. Change prioritizes, prioritizes cause over comfort. It is necessary, change is necessary to get us from where we are today to where we are to be tomorrow. We cannot be who we're supposed to be if we stay who we are. We cannot go to where we're supposed to go if we hold on to this. And it doesn't mean you have to make drastic changes. It's when the Lord leads. C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest minds of the last uh, probably of, of, our, uh, of the history of the world. He said, there are far better things of he- ahead than anything we leave behind. Change is necessary to get us from who we once were to who we are to be. It is necessary to make us keep our eyes and our dependence upon Christ. Oh, change will make you pray. Change will make you sing, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Where are you, Lord? I need thee every hour. All those things become precious during change because familiar can become your Lord. Familiar. We are not the bride of familiar. We are the bride of Christ. Jesus, lead on. Number four. For just a moment, I want to talk about the passive and carnal believer. Now, when I say carnal believer, we automatically think about the believer that parties and uh, has, you know, uh, lives a life of, of inconsistency and, and uh, lust of the flesh. And that can be true, but that's not in the context of what I'm speaking about. The passive and carnal believer that I'm speaking about is the one that's temporally minded. That's why if you have an eternal mindset, you can navigate change easily. If you have a temporal mindset, you will buck and resist everything. How does this affect me now? How does this make me feel today? Today, now, instead of eternity. Temporal-minded people struggle with their money. Jesus said, lay up for yourselves not treasures on the earth, but treasures in heaven. Because here on the earth, moth and rust and thieves and deflation and inflation. And you can lose all your money, but everything you send ahead will still be there. So it's hard for a a carnal person to navigate generosity unless they have the eternal perspective of every cup of cold water given in his name receives a great reward. Some believers never think about it. They're just passive. It's, it's whatever happens, quesera, sera, it's no big deal to them. So they are usually surprised by it. Now, this may be hard for you. Um, and I know that you're, many of you are gifted in ways that I'm not, and we're all wired differently. But I choose to talk about the things that could happen with my family. And my precious wife, I'll talk about if something happens to me. She goes, let's don't talk about that. I said, what? No, let Let's, and it's not that she's wrong. I just want her to think about if something happened to me. You are good. God is still the same. God is faithful. God is going to take care of you. But the passive person that never thinks about what if my spouse were to pass away? What if my child was to pass away? That's why Christians get rocked by that thing that happened and they fall away because how could God allow? Well, everything dies. Everything gets old. Everything changes. Watch. So where does that leave me? I'm troubled. That just leaves me with fear and anxiety. And it leads you to lift up your eyes and look to the one that says, I change not. Put all of your roots in me. Put your anchor in me. Put your hope in me. Tie all your ropes to me. Put all your expectations in me. I am the Lord and I change not. That's the security of the believer. That's the hope of the believer. That's where freedom comes. Where you can say, deal the next card. It may be the last card I want to see. But if God orchestrates my life, he can bring me back from the dead. Deal the next card. 
I feel release in my heart for some people today. There's some believers that are, they are governed by fear. They fear change. Fear not. 365 times I believe that phrase is in the Bible. One for every day of the year. Fear is a sin. It is an accusation against the character, the nature, and the word of God. It is the same thing as walking into the court of heaven, taking the collar of God, pulling him close and saying, I have to worry because you are not dependable. Fear not. They fear change because they don't believe that God knows better and they believe that God will pick wrong. When you can cross over and say, you pick, that is a maturity stride. You may pick the uncomfortable for me, but in the end it will be the best. You may pick loss for me, but in the end it will be best. You may pick death for me, but in the end it would be best. John the Baptist, when he was in prison, you know, the only thing he owned was his freedom and God took it from him. He said, go ask Jesus, is he the Messiah, or should we look for another? Jesus said, go tell John the Baptist the things that you see. How the lame walk and the blind see and the deaf hear and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And tell John the Baptist not to be offended in me. Well, he wasn't offended in you, Jesus. He was defended in the way that he was living. I am his way. I am his truth. John the Baptist was beheaded. How does that fit into, I know the plans that I have for you. I'll tell you how it fits in. Jesus followed up the statement with, go tell John the Baptist the things that you see. He turned to the crowd and he said, never have been born a man of woman greater than that man. And he received a martyr's, he will receive a martyr's crown. Are you at a place where you can let God pick? Regardless of the discomfort, regardless of the displeasure, regardless of the direction, regardless of the duration, are you a Christian that lets God pick? If not, you are God of your life. He doesn't share leadership. Husband and wife, it's mutual submission. With God, it's not a mutual submission. It's one way. His way. The carnal believer dislikes change, even before they know what it'll be. Isn't it funny how we despise things in our children, but we justify it in us as Christians? Hey, Elisha, eat corn. I don't like corn. You ain't even tried it. Elisha eats bread, donut, and Kelly's holding that acres. You don't eat anything. I eat donuts. <laughs> I'm not going to like it. How do you know? Because I know what I like. And we sound just like the child. Now, of course, it may not, you know, mama makes you eat okra and you got told you I wouldn't like it. Well, there's some things you won't like. It still doesn't change the fact that they're good for you. Now, if it makes you throw up, that's the cutoff for me. <laughs> if he puts corn in his mouth and throw up comes up, you ain't got to eat corn, buddy. <laughs> but if you want corn to taste like chocolate donuts, we're going to struggle because, <laughs> you know. And he told us the other day he had a mouthful of mama's corn casserole. He goes, I like corn. Just out of the blue, and we said, you do? He goes, had a spoonful. He goes, I like it. <laughs> Carnal believers disdain change in their heart. Listen, they disdain it in their heart. They question it in their mind, and they murmur about it with their tongue. Carnal Christians disdain. Now, I'm talking about God-ordained change. Not somebody crazy at work changed all the rules. We can hate them. It's okay. That's, that's okay. God ordained change. They disdain it in their heart. They question it in their mind and they murmur against it with their tongue. And the Bible declares clearly, Isaiah the prophet said, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Willing. Elisha, go to your room. That's obedient. It ain't willing. We got an adjustment coming. Well, I did what the Lord said. How did you do it? You know what takes the stomp away? 
living with him long enough to understand that he sees what you don't see, he knows what you don't know, and he loves you. As for the Lord, his way is perfect. Some oppose, buck, drag their feet, and even go as far to refuse change that God brings into their life. Christians and churches stop growing and walking with Christ at the last place they told God no. Where was the last place you told God no? Walk back to that place and you'll find that that's where God is waiting on you. I just feel distant from the Lord because he stopped walking when you stopped following. And you walked a different pathway. He doesn't negotiate. He said, my sheep know my voice. And they what? Follow me. And another man's voice they will not follow. Growth and comfort cannot coexist. Growth and comfort cannot coexist. And finally, the faith-filled spiritual believer. This is for those of you that long to dance rhythmically with the Lord and pleasurably with Him and to be able to navigate the seasons of life. It's one thing to stand up and preach, but am I good with Him leading? Am I smooth? Do I, do I make it hard for Him? Does He have to carry me like you do a child? You know what we tell our kids when we dance with them? Put your feet on my feet and you're picking them up like this. It's fun for them, but it's no fun for me. And the Lord does, see, by now we're in our 40s and our feet are still on top of God's feet and he's having to move us instead of the slightest whisper, left, right, back, forward. And there's a glory in that because you don't care if other people think you're confused. You don't think if other people understand you can feel that you are in perfect harmony with the one that died for you and he leading you and you're at peace. And listen, and you enjoy the dance. Why? Because that's the closest I ever am with you when you're leading. Ben, if you would come. And by the way, Ben, you're still going to have to come up and play for me all the time. He'll be watching it on podcast. Ben will be in Connecticut somewhere. Ben, will you come? Ben, Ben, he'll text me. I'm in Connecticut. Please stop texting. God sends change to protect you, to preserve you, to promote you, and to bring you joy. It is a sign of sonship. Change is a sign of faithfulness. It's a sign of nearness and power. It is scheduled. It is systematic. Change is toward a destination. It's never random. It's okay if it's unwanted. It's okay if it's unplanned. It's okay if it's painful. And it's okay if it's costly. It still will be wonderful. Like the birth of a child. Ain't no part of that change in her body that's comfortable. Pregnant women in their eighth month, ninth month, trying to sleep. Where do you put this bowling ball, this beach ball? I'm hot, I'm cold. I want, I want just a bowl of jalapenos for supper with a banana popsicle. I'm, I'm, I can't, what's wrong? I just can't get comfortable until, and I'm not trying to be dramatic. It's the most beautiful thing in this world over a sunrise and a sunset when they take that wet child covered in the placenta of that mama and they set it on her chest. She just got through going through pain enough to make her pass out. And it's all washed away. And then from that glory, a teenager comes. And you're going, I'm not asking you, do you have the capacity to bring forth? I'm asking you, do you have the capacity to dance with that baby 
through their 30s and 40s and 50s and enjoy it all. Life is hard. Change is inevitable. But misery is optional. It's the heavenly perspective that the spirit-filled believer has that makes the mundane joyful and the painful possible. Change will not come a day too soon or a day too late. It cannot stay a day longer or nor will it be a day shorter than God purposes. It's not an ounce heavier or an ounce lighter than he allows. It's not a degree hotter or a degree cooler than what's necessary to fulfill his purpose in your life. Change is painful, but nothing is as painful as staying stuck where you don't belong. God's ordained change comes pregnant with all that he is and all that he's planned. I love that. God's change is pregnant with all that he is. And when my life changes, I know that something's going to happen. Something's going to be born. Sheila, something's going to come back to life. Something's going to be restored. Some surprise. Yes, there's cost. Yes, there's anxiety. Yes, there's frustration. But there's the other part. Always the other part. With every change comes glory. He said, I'm going to change you from glory to glory. There has to be glory. There has to be joy. There has to be life. There has to be maturation. God is too wise to make a mistake and too loving to be unkind. If you can learn how to dance with the sorrowful, here's the verse, sorrowful yet rejoicing. If we only live when it's like we like it, we lose half of our life. I don't know who that's for. If you can only enjoy life when it's like you like it, one half of your life is gone. Well, let's go a step further. Then you're asleep another third. So two-thirds of your life is gone. Wasted. Lost. But for the believer can say, it's the hardest season that I've ever been in. But Christ is near. Christ is close. And this morning he woke me up before my alarm and said, I want you to know that I'm with you and I will be with you whithersoever thou goest. I have prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Your cup is going to run over. Surely, I decree it. I declare it. Every step you take, look behind you. Goodness and mercy is going to follow you all the days of your life. And you're going to dwell in my house forever. 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 That's why I can bless and let go of someone so precious so freely because the same God that sends us a Ben and a Rachel has something else and the memory will always be precious and sweet but if I love him how could I ever do anything except say dance on dance on because he's got a dance separate from us we just happen to be able to be in the, the hall with him for these, how many years been? Five and a half. Wow. Romans 8. Would y'all give me just, I promise five minutes I'll be done. This is critical to sum it up. Romans 8, 28. It's a cliche verse for some, but it is my life verse. One, well, one of the two or three. For we know, not think, not hope, not pray. We know that all things, not some, the worst of things and the best of things, the unwanted, the wanted, the painful, the pleasurable, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. He weaves the tapestry of everything in my life and like a beautiful oriental handmade rug if you look on the bottom side it looks like chaos all these overlapping threads and it makes no sense and then you flip it over on that side and you go God I didn't know you was doing this there's a lot of things you don't know you're not God but I know the plans I have for you says the Lord 
This is my quote. All change is costly. But the glory of the dance is morphine to the shattered soul. My granddaddy, adopted granddaddy's here. He just buried his wife of almost 60 years. There are people in this room today that are broken, wounded, and shattered. And you can't just send them a Bible verse. There's nothing wrong with that. You can't take away the pain. But the dance is the morphine of the shattered soul. takes our eyes off of what we've lost and puts our eyes on who is holding us. It takes our eyes off this world and puts it on the one to come. It takes our eyes off of the things that we don't have and puts them on the things that awaits us. It takes our eyes off the people we've lost and we look forward to the reunion of the ones that have went on ahead. It gives you clarity. The dance is the morphine of the shattered soul. I close with this statement. So conclusion. Pastor John, I don't know how to dance. How do I dance effective with the Lord? Just let him lead. Just let yourself go and follow him. Let him lead. It is heaven's music that you dance to. Divine in origin. Glorious by design. The lyrics are the very word of God. They will instruct you. They will comfort you. They will correct you and bring you courage. They'll remind you who you are, whose you are, and where you're going. It's the rhythm of his faithfulness that moves you from left to right, front to back, side to side, from this place to the next. You don't have to know how to dance. Just know how to follow. God is always in rhythm with his will concerning you. And finally, when the music stops, this is a visual I had this morning. Y'all ever been at that awkward place? You're slow dancing and you're wishing the song was the disco single version that's 15 minutes, but it was only five minutes and you didn't want the dance to stop. So when the stop happens and the change happens and you stand there in between the song and clap, that's where some of you are today. When the music stops, step back from God in awe, clap together and wait for just a moment. Because it won't be long before the next song of change begins to play. And when you see the smile come across God's face, you will know that there's no reason to hold on to the song before. Because it is he that has planned this next song before the foundation of the earth was laid. And I know there are people in this room today, you're in between songs. And you're worried because you're trying to figure out what's coming. And all you got to look up and see God smiling saying, want to dance? I don't know who that's for this morning. And it won't take but just a moment. But I want you with every eye open to come quickly, stand around this front, and we're going to pray. And this is your answer. I will dance with you, Lord, in this dance of change. Wherever you are, come. Very quickly, come. Come. Wow. 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 Carla, he's leading it. He's leading it. Glory. Look at this, y'all. Glory. Glory. Harrison, he's got this, buddy. He's got the timing of it. He's got it all. Those of you that have danced before, listen, with broken bones. You've danced unknowing and you know that God is faithful. Very quickly, just come and stand around and we're going to pray and go home. That's it. Come on. Come, you don't Just get close to him. Guy with a guy. Girl with a girl. Couple with a couple. Those in the altar, just close your eyes. This is not visualization. I just want you to think about it. I want you to think about God sticking his hand out to you saying, want to dance? All you do is say yes. Just tell him, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now y'all pray for him. Let him hear your prayer. Want to dance? Me and you, daughter. Want to dance? I I can hear it in my heart right now. Some are saying, I don't know how. He said, you ain't got to know how. Come on. Ain't nobody else looking. Come on. Come on. I got you. I got you. But I don't want to make a fool of myself. You ain't going to be with me. 
I'm the Lord. You with me. I got you. I got you. I got you in the transition. I got you in the transition. I feel like just a balm, like an oil being poured over people here. Like the Holy Spirit, like a lubricant to navigate this, where the gears have been grinding. You're going to find there's a fluidity and a movement that it just feels naturally like, oh yeah. Oh, that, that's it. Oil right there. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. Glory. Church family, would you stand with us? As promised, we're going to close. You know what my prayer for you is today? My prayer for you is that you would stop being self-aware. Do you remember when you're 17, 18, you go to your first dance and all you're concerned about is everyone else's opinion of how you danced. And there's a beautiful girl standing right in front of you or a handsome guy. And if you'll just block them out and have fun and know that nothing can separate you from the love of God, Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, or powers, or things present, or things to come. No height, no depth, no creature that's never been created. Nothing can separate you from Him. You are written in the palm of His hand. Heaven is your home. Your name's in the Lamb's book of life. You're His. Just, just block them. It doesn't matter what they think. The Lord, I, I just, it wasn't in my notes. But you want to dance? Oh, yeah. And when they fade away... And you get lost and when you misstep and he smiles and you smile and you go, oh, you don't want me to be perfect. You want me to enjoy the dance. That's freedom. That's freedom. Isn't it? Someone honor the Lord with a hand this morning, would you? Father, as we go out from this place, I pray for the person that's away from you, whether a lost or backslidden, that they still see that invitation of you sticking your hand towards them. Want to live with me and love me? Want to do this dance of life with me? I'll forgive you of your sins. I'll make you whole, set you free. And for all that responded to this message and those, Lord, that don't know what they're going to do, It's okay to say, I don't know, but God knows. And I'm casting all my care upon him, for he cares for me. Keep us, Lord, as we go out from this place. I pray for Joel and Kathy, God, and their family. Lord, I know it's on your time schedule. I'm not telling you what to do or how to do it. But if there's latitude, let Joel go home where he wants to be with you. And give them grace and comfort. And for all the people in this altar in this difficult place, may this season bring them closer to you than ever before. And may they say, 2019 was the year that I learned to dance. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.